All right, we are lit, good sir. What up, what up? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Cultivated Ignorant. Yo, my teeth look yellow. Yeah, I'm good. No, Placky. No. Um. Welcome back to another episode of Cultivated Ignorant. I am Will, the host, sitting with Mike, the favorite host. There we go. <laughs> Man, y'all, we are sorry for taking these layoffs, but life is good. Life is beautiful. Yeah, life is good, and topics are whack. So, <laughs> social media is hella whack lately. It, it's I've been disconnected. Yeah. I don't even know what's going on. What's happening out here right now? The more I get on social media, the less I'm interested in social media. Like instantly, right? Like it's like it's like diminished returns. Like the more I go back to it, it's like ah, ah, why, 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 why am I even here? Literally, I was listening to somebody talking about like when you. She said, um, she's like a sensuality expert or whatever. Yeah. She said, someone asked her, what's the opposite of pleasure? And she said, somebody said, like, it's probably pain, pain right? And she was like, nah, because uh, some people like pain. She mm-hmm. said, the, the opposite of pleasure is disconnection. I be Whenever I get on dis- social media, that's when I feel the most disconnected. Like, you feel just like really? you're just kind of floating around. You're just aimlessly looking around. Yeah. You're just... You're just here, and you don't really feel yourself. You don't really know why you're here. You're just here. This is not the jam. Yeah. Um. My the number one things I watch on social media are people with nasty teeth getting their teeth cleaned. Why? 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 Because I'm into it. That's fucking nasty. Okay, go ahead. People with ingrown toenails getting their toenails clipped. <laughs> Pimple popping, ingrown hair removal. What does the pimple popping do for y'all? Because somebody else put that. Taylor just posted that. Bro, I, I don't know. I just love it. Like it's fucking nasty. The pimple popping, the cis, the cis stuff. It's, okay. it's so satisfying. And then, like, okay, so then like I was going, I was doing this, right? And then like they showed me one where somebody had like a hernia in their belly button. Okay. Oh, so like as they breathed, the hernia opened up like on top of their skin like it was a bubble what that's what i was like all right i've probably gone too far are you what do you do <laughs> that shit was straight nasty it was just epidermis flapping in the wind bro it was nasty. oh my god oh my god yeah. uh, <laughs> but um no yeah man we are glad to be back with some dope shit to talk about finally um <laughs> but first if you haven't if you don't know we broke. We broke, man. Very, very broke. Is this right screen? Yeah, I'm turning right here. Okay. Oh, is there porno up here? No, okay. All right. I thought I saw a brown and batty and something sitting in the corner. It's, no, it's a deck I'm building, a magic deck I'm building called Beamtown, Beamtown Bullets. But oh, fuck all that. Um, if you haven't joined our Patreon, if you haven't joined our Patreon, it's only five dollars a month. Only five. dope shit on there. 
Dope exclusive shit you can't see nowhere else. Um, we don't we don't expect you to do the five dollar. I mean, we don't expect you to do the fifteen dollar, twenty five dollar, but we do expect you to do the five dollar. If you've been listening to the show for as long as we've been making it, and you see how hard we've been grinding, surviving through the pandemic, all this stuff, hit your boys with a little five dollars. Just a little five, just a little quick five. That's all we ask. Right. You know, um, we got exclusive shit on there. Tune in, check it out. You won't be disappointed at all. At all. Yeah. Now, what you been up to, my brother? Man, chilling, man. Uh, mostly doing, you know, a lot of organizational planning behind the scenes. Not doing a whole lot of public events lately. Um, still, you know, shot my people's out. Still promoting other people's stuff, but um, yeah, man, I, I started a well, co-founded a coalition with the Arts Commission here in South Carolina. Uh, we got a event coming up in September that's gonna be dope, and uh, starting some group therapy sessions for my fellow artists just to check in on my people because I know we will be going through it lately. Uh, shout out to Jay um, at Forward Counseling. That's the guy. Uh, we got getting back on the podcast. Um, Jay's an amazing counselor. Jason, he's just a hilarious person. It's an amazing person to be around. He's, oh, he's funny and shit, too. Every time we be around Jay, like it's a, it's a good ass time. Uh, we have an exclusive episode uh, with Jay on the P- Patreon that you definitely want to check it. If you want to get to know us deep, deep, check that shit out because it was real. Um, yeah, that nigga therapized our ass good. He damn so did. <laughs> uh, doing, still doing work with Alternate Roots. Shout out to Alternate Roots, uh, regional arts organization, doing big things. Uh, we got Roots Week coming up. If you're an artist looking for support, um, please join us. It's only like $40 a year. Um, all types of support, all types of funding, free grants, free money, no matches, none of that. Uh, and a, a huge, huge as beautiful as community of artists. Awesomenews.org. Check us out. But yeah, man, other than that, loving on myself, loving on my peoples. I hate living life. Enjoying God's beautiful black woman, all that good stuff. It's been great, man. <laughs> what you been up to? Man, you know, I have uh, I have been trying to do more for, I guess, myself in a way. Like trying to improve myself, trying to, I guess, do things that I said I wanted to do. Um, like recently, I went to Orlando, kind of on a whim. Like, yeah, what was up with that, bro? So, like, um, I had some friends go down there. They were like, "Hey, we're going to do this." magic thing we're going to like promote this little small business or whatever while we're down there uh-huh. you should come okay like you know <laughs> and like I, do, I don't normally go anywhere <laughs> they definitely not like going on a whim like that anyway right and so like i was rather i had a great time i'll say that first off all right um i was just kind of proud of myself for doing something that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with because a bunch of, a bunch of reasons I didn't want to go. Cause like, I didn't find out till the night before that I was able to go. So then it like took me doing all this packing, all these other things, which normally I would have came up with an excuse as to like why I shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. But I kind of just pushed through all that. And it was like, the experience was just very rewarding. So I uh, did that. That was great. And I'm looking at, I'm actually talking about or talking to someone as far as like starting a business 
Word? Um, <laughs> Columbia, yeah. No, so, you, you, uh, so what kind of business? Are you, it's all on the wraps right now. Yeah, I can't I can't give details right now, but uh, all right, so drug dealing, I got you. Right, yeah, you know, we're trying to move that weight through sure. Columbia. Absolutely. <laughs> um but no nah, man, that's that's definitely in the works. Um hopefully that pops off within the next couple months. Um future's looking bright, man. Definitely trying to you ever like, well, I, I know because you're going through it. It's like you either don't see yourself at your job forever or like it's just not enough so you gotta like get your fingers wet or you know you gotta get your hands into something else you know what i mean a thousand percent (laughs) yeah so that's kind of what i'm going through right now like my job's transitioning in you know a a few different ways so like it's like bro like i'm not with the shit so Mm. and you know and you know even when i started the job and i think you too it's like, bro, this isn't my, like, dream. Like, this isn't where I really want to be. It's just a way to get some money. <laughs> but, so, like, I, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying, so, like, now, like, I guess I, for whatever reason, like, I, I've just been blessed with an opportunity, you know. And this ain't the only opportunity, but, you know, this is the first one that's got some real traction behind it. Yeah. Um, just knowing people, I guess. <laughs> That's a blessing, man. But do you feel that, like, that sense of fear, like, in that transition? Because, like, we know what that feeling feels like being unsatisfied. But at the same time, like, the, the jump is scary as fuck. Like, do you still feel that? Or are you just all in on the shit? Like, let me just get... No, I very much... I am very much... Uh, you ever done those... Uh, what is it called? Uh, a disc? Like a disc assessment of yourself? A disc. I don't know what that is. Okay, so it's like it kind of like defines your personality. Oh, okay. And I really don't like shit like that because uh I I just I hate being labeled. <laughs> but like some stuff just does like ring true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and so like I did the little disc assessment or whatever, and it said like you're a you're a C person, like you're calculated your reserve like you sit back and you really analyze things over and over and over again mm. and so like while i am excited i am very much i don't want to say skeptical but just like cautious you know what i mean hell yeah like 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 i see all the little pitfalls and all the little ways it can fail but like i'm i'm truly excited to see what to see where it goes that's such a like precarious like but at the same time exciting place to be and when you're like excited but you scared at the same time like that's the yeah <laughs> that's like... but like i think like but i think like that's that's dope because like all of the you know like you hear kevin hart and will smith and all these people that have done this shit mm-hmm. and they're like yo you gotta get over your fear of failure yeah like failure is part of it you know what i mean yeah, yeah. So like they're, they're always preaching to like the the fear is going to be there but you shouldn't let that hold you back so in fact the fear has to be there because i feel like one piece of advice i've always gave poets before every show if especially they didn't they've never done a feature before was mm-hmm. um you know they'll be nervous as fuck before the thing and they try to kill the nervous i was like don't kill the nervousness embrace it because when you stop being nervous then you stop caring like 
we go into our job yeah. every day at this point, we're never nervous because we just like just going through the run, you know, going through the mill. We know the routine. We know that we don't really care about the shit. We just we just here. Um, and that's not to say we're not thankful. I don't want to make the whole job batch before we you know move on. Right? Yeah, like we're thankful for our jobs, people. But like at the same time, you just here. Like there's no nervousness because you just going through the motions. But like exactly. when you're doing stuff you're supposed to be doing, like that anxiety is telling you you going in the right direction. I believe. Yeah, for sure. So I'm proud of you, man. That's good, dude. That's been my life lately, baby. That's what's oh. up, man. I thought to ask you something. Maybe that'll come up in a conversation. Okay, hold on. Oh, okay. Well, I got nervous, boy. G little trophy been shipped. I thought they was giving me. You know, G won a little league last year by some. By the will of know. God. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the will of God. God wanted him to win. And then it's not going to happen again. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, I guess piggybacking off of that, you know, I think we were talking, and I, y'all, if you if you know us personally or be watching enough, watch enough of these episodes, then you'll know that most of our topics, most of our conversations start off with us talking near some kind of vehicle, some kind of parking <laughs> lot, like, yeah, it's always just a regular convo. We're like, oh, shit, we got to, we got to do this on the podcast because, like, Sure. We don't need to just know it. You know, we don't need to just get that feedback and bounce these ideas off each other. Like, everybody else needs to hear this, too. Exactly, yeah. So, I can't remember how this started, but uh, I didn't, me and Michael kind of... Okay. Go ahead. I'll say, if you can recount it better than I can, you can go ahead. Yeah, me and Mike were kind of... Uh, we were talking. Uh, we, we had a meeting with uh, Dope Brother. Um What's the name of it? Because I don't want to short my man. What's the name of the place? Uh, Carolina Film Studio. So, yeah, me and Mike had a meeting with Dope Brother, Carolina Film Studio. We were looking at a new space, new studio space, because, golly, we tired of being in the house. Big fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carolina Studio Space on Raven Road. Check them out. Um, they got a great facility um, for podcasting, photo shoots, video shoots, Um. And I, I think they have like a makeup room back there too. Mm-hmm. So we were having a conversation out of there. Um, and uh, we kind of brought up, and I think you brought it up somehow, um, like male insecurities, like insecurities for black males. Yeah. And the conversation started and like, it, it just started, you know what I mean? It started snowballing. Everywhere. <laughs> um, what, what do you think the, biggest insecurity that black males have <clears throat> oh man i i think it is um it's not so much of a specific insecurity as so much as the knowing whether consciously or subconsciously the knowing that we can only be vulnerable to a certain extent um before masculinity starts getting questioned out here like I feel like we got, we finally got to the point where, you know, niggas can cry about something valid to cry about. Uh, we can say like, we miss, you know, our moms or whatever like that, or, you know, something drastic happens, or maybe mm-hmm. just, you know, a, just a slight moment of vulnerability. Like we can like share feelings for sure. But I think our biggest insecurity is knowing in the back of our minds that like, 
we have to express what I would call like a measured form of vulnerability. Because anytime you go too far left, like you start to venture into, you know, uh, showcasing some type of quote unquote femininity or like too much shit about your feelings getting hurt by like a woman or another man or something. Like your shit can Mm -hmm. be questioned and this whole shit will get knocked down. Not only will it get knocked down, it will be used against you instantly by people that you love. I think that's our biggest thing. Like, I think we are constantly feeling like we're surveilled and we're insecure about that because we can't say how we really feel in every space. And even when you do, even when you truly can, you have a still sense in the back of your mind, like, what it should be used against me later on if some shit pop off, if like, we get in a fight, or if this shit gets exposed to other people. Like, I think that's our biggest thing. Like, I think that, and I don't know what that does to our psyche. I think it's terrible for our psyche. Long yeah, and I mean, we were talking, and like I even told you that, like, I've had ADHD, or I've been diagnosed with ADHD since I was twelve, and like, I don't think I've ever told anyone until Nigga. that day a couple weeks ago. I literally know you over twenty years, never knew any of this shit, <laughs> right? And like, there, there's two things about it, like. I am I'm one of those people who, I don't even know if I believe it, but I acted as like, okay, well, if I didn't say it, if I didn't like, if I didn't like prescribe to it, like then I, then it didn't exist. Like almost like I wasn't gonna let this thing hold me back. So if I didn't say it, I didn't really have it. Mm-hmm. And so when I had these situations where like a lot of people would be like, oh, that's your ADHD. Mm. You know what I mean? I didn't want to associate myself with it to therefore make an excuse for it, especially when like I wasn't taking the medicine for it, because I'm a firm believer in, look, if you ain't taking the medicine, like if you ain't doing what you got to do, then there's no excuse. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and that's probably unfair. Like, you know, we take Kanye as an example, like, Mm. but he's crazy out here off his meds. Mm. Why am I making excuses for him? Mm. you know what I mean yeah that might not be completely fair because the reason I stopped taking the medicine because it made me shit, feel shitty I was gonna say <coughs> excuse me I think that's why I can't agree with that because like a lot of these medications like you look at Ritalin like it turns people into zombies out here like bro it's I'm not gonna lie as I say it, it's hard for me to agree with it yeah. you know what I mean but like yeah. it's just one of those like old ass I don't want to say black thing, but just one of those old, like, uh, oh, God, we got to stop using the word toxic. But uh, dis- dismissive things, maybe? Yeah, yeah. You know. So um, my question to you is, like, were you, so were you not wanting to, like, I guess, um, identify with the ADHD because you thought it would make you feel weak in the eyes of others? Or you just thought that literally if you ignore it, it will just, like, rectify itself? I've never told anybody because it would make me feel weak mm-hmm. because like one thing I can't stand is for somebody to tell me how I'm being, mm. you know what I mean? Like I, I, it truly irks me to know, to know in for somebody to tell me how I'm acting. So let's say, Oh, well, I'm not focusing on one task or something like that. If I had somebody tell me, 
Is it, yo, that's your ADHD. You need to such as I would be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I believe you know that. I mean? no, that's you. Yeah, yeah. Because because it makes me feel weak. It makes me feel unable to focus. It's mm. it's that like you know what I mean. It's that uh, I think the feeling of being unable is like almost like crippling. You know what I mean? Oh, like I yeah. feel like I'm less than a normal person. But you think that do you think that's a masculine thing or do you think it's just a you thing? I think that has to do, I think that had a lot of that has to do with like masculinity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I am supposed to be this this rock, this <laughs> you know, not maybe not perfect specimen, but you know, perfectly functional human being. Yes, until unless it's something that you have blatant no control over. That's another thing. Like, yeah. We like we're I think we just got to the point where if you break your leg, like you wouldn't be I think back in the day niggas would break their legs and be like expect to be out back on the field or some shit by tomorrow or some hypermasculine shit. But like today, like you break your leg, you down you allowed to be down for like a week. Like after that week, like you better be doing something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro, no lie, because like I was at high school, bro. I broke my finger. My mom had me walk around with this broke finger for like four weeks. Just like a broke, just not wrapped up. Bro, I was like, Ma, I, I was like, Ma, I think I broke my finger. She was like, No, you didn't. It's just jam. <laughs> what the fuck? She was just so dismissive until I complained for near a month. What the fuck? She's like, Okay, well, let's take you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. Just, Jeez. It's almost, it's almost just like, your masculinity will get you through. That's what I'm is. saying. That's and that and see and so you talking about just physical stuff. So we ain't even talk about the emotional stuff. Like oh yeah, I, the emotional stuff is probably far worse. Nigga, I never forget. <laughs> I never forget my girlfriend like years ago, um, who I already knew was like a like a baby thug at heart. Anyway, uh, we were dating, whatever. And towards the end of the relationship, like, we knew we needed to break up, but like we just hung in there because we just didn't want to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But she stopped, started being like a whole lot less affectionate to me. Like, like it was complete night and day from the from when we started out, from when it was mm-hmm. then. Like, it just and she didn't, what made it so bad is she had a daughter, and she had a back injury, so she would always say like she didn't want to be affectionate because you know, her back was fucking her up and shit. She was in a bad mood. She was in pain all day. Like, give her some grace. I was like, all right, cool. But whenever her daughter was in a room, like she's picking up the baby and throwing it in the air and shit, kissing her and hugging her and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Just all oh, mommy mode. As soon as I get, you know, touch of you know, butt or something, like I'm getting attitude, I'm getting cold shoulder. And one day I straight told her, like, nigga, you hurt my feelings, bro. Like, like you like she said something to me one day. I said, I want I wanted to hug her or something. And she was like, it's hot, nigga. I don't need, I don't want to hug you. Like she, the way she said it was super aggressive. And I just told Shayla yeah. she hurt my feelings. And I got called all kind of bitch-ass niggas and shit, bro. Like, it was like, like what kind of bitch-ass nigga talking about? Hurt your feelings, nigga. What? Because I wouldn't hug you? I hurt your feelings? Did she really go in like that? Like, shit. Nigga, she got in my ass. And I was just like, remember sitting there just taking it. And I couldn't even do that whole hyper-masculine, you know, call her a bitch or something like that. Like, I couldn't even do that. Like, I was just like, all right, man, well, I was just telling you how I felt. And then that was the end of it. Like that shit got me deep. Like I can't even to this day. I don't. I don't know how many men can like tell a girlfriend like you hurt my feelings straight up. I don't know. You feel like you can? Yeah, I, I mean, 
I can do it. Um, and depending on the situation, like, I don't know how well it would be perceived, but I don't know if that's me like projecting or if that's like, you know what I mean? Like if that's going to be the reality, yeah. but the reality is the fear is there of, of that's what I'm saying. I was about to say the fact that that's even a question in your brain in the first place tells you that the issue is there. Yeah. So like, so what made you change? I don't think that's on necessarily my actual partner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's on, I guess, society and how, you know, it, it's, it, it is. I agree a thousand percent. It's a structural thing. It's never, that's the, I yeah. think that's the key to this whole thing. It's not an individual, uh, men just need to, you know, get better thing. It's a, you gotta, I keep saying this, you gotta change the entire culture of society to make space for people to be who you want them to be. We can't just wake up one day and decide we're going to be this super vulnerable, soft, you know, all loving dudes. Like you got to make us an environment to make that shit feel safe for niggas even do in the first place. But what I was going to ask you was, um, what made you decide to change your mind as far as like actually saying that you have ADHD now of all time? I still, I still don't. I think it just came up in conversation. Uh, I, I've, I've more so said it to myself. Mm. And even as I say it to myself, it doesn't feel good. But I guess you know what, what I mean? Yeah, I get that. But what even shifted to even make you even say it in conversation? Because it's never come up in conversation ever. For as long as I've known you, like, it's never come up even passing yeah. me. Um, I don't know, man. You Like, you just start to realize stuff about yourself. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, these things that you buried for so long you know because i'm not gonna lie like for me to not talk about this shit for 20 some odd years like i had to i had to actively bury it you know what i mean yeah yeah and so like the same things that were probably the same things that my mom probably saw and my teachers probably saw when i was that age are probably this i i as an adult now have the the I guess you know I can kind of step outside of myself and see those things happening now. Wow. Um, you know another reason I I wanted to I guess bury it or not acknowledge it was because you know like you just don't want to see like or have an excuse for anything in life. Mm. You know what I mean? And so like, I felt like if I acknowledged it, then I would be almost excusing my failures or my my bad traits Damn. rather than just fixing them on my own. Because, you know, like, I am a, in general, lazy person. Like, I'm a last-minute person. I'm a, I'm just, you know, average slack American. <laughs> but, <Thanks. laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but to think, like, if I had this shit under control my whole life, like, where would I be? Like, what would be different about me? Wow. Would I have been out of my mama house 10 years earlier? <laughs> would I have, like, made a whole lot more money? You know what I mean? Like, mm. and, and it's not like, it's not like, oh, man, would I have been a fucking astronaut? No, like, I, I don't know, maybe, but that's not the shit I'm concerned about. But, like, just the, the simple shit, like, would I be more focused on, like, certain tasks and achieving goals better? And you know what I mean? Like, the the smaller shit that everybody else seems to just catch on to. 
Yes. And when you say that, I wonder if that's that energy is channeling channeling into you doing the things that you're doing now with the business thing and with the whole just going to Orlando thing. I wonder if that's like a direct impact of you reflecting on those things now. It definitely could be. Um, I just see my behaviors now a little bit better as far as, you know, like the things, as far as like my ADHD mm-hmm. symptoms, you know what I mean? Like you kind of, you still let it happen a lot, but it's it's easier to recognize it now because I'm acknowledging it. You know what I mean? Like you, if you if you acknowledge something, then it's easier to see it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I acknowledge the government shit, so it's easier to see when the government ain't being shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Versus like when you was eighteen or twenty and. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't see shit. <laughs> Damn, but that's gonna be another podcast on a side note, like reflecting on how you looked at the government when you were a kid versus now. Uh, bro, it's all propaganda. It's all propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> reflecting on how you it's looked at propaganda. cops. These motherfuckers is out for themselves. <laughs> Dog, the way you looked at cops or politicians in general, or like just general gatekeepers as a kid versus yeah. now. That's that's another topic for another night. Um, yeah, you're right in about the acknowledgement thing. And that would kind of um, segue into the next question I was going to ask, which is um, like, how do you feel like you deal with insecurities and, vul- and vulnerabilities now versus like historically? Um, I think I still deal with them the, for the most part, the same way. Like really? I kind of just bury them or I try and forget about them or well okay no 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 that's wrong that's that's not uh i need to elaborate on that my actual insecurities um which is probably let's think of some of my insecurities self-image um what else i don't know like i have a really hard time with relationship management And I don't know what kind of insecurity that is. It could be fear of being left or what's that? Abandonment. Mm. It could be abandonment issues. Um, I guess that's insecurity. Um, But I think like probably my biggest one is like fear of failure, um, being inadequate, and probably like self-image. So like I think for my self-image and like it's crazy because like life knocks you down, especially like in high school and middle school. Like middle school, I tell you, them is the meanest motherfuckers of all time. I I will take that to my grave. You gotta be real strong for middle school. Big facts. Because niggas is just knowing how to cuss and they giving you the business. Um and so, like, a lot of my shit came fucked up from middle school. Hmm. Um, but you just take it in stride, you know what I mean? I feel like now, like, before then, I would have just buried it, you know what I mean, and went on about my day. But um, I think, like, my my the best thing I do for my self-image now is try and, like, show 
show it off in a way like what do you mean like you know like okay so i have when i feel shitty i wear shitty clothes like when i don't you know what i mean i don't know if other people do that but like it's just kind of like lazing about with your image mm. you know what i mean so like crazy enough i was like okay well you know in order for me to feel good about my image today i'm gonna not wear crocs because for me as comfortable as crocs are it's the laziest fucking shoe in the world this is, you know what yeah. i mean it's like i don't even care like i'm just throwing these crocs <laughs> so i promised myself for a long time like i just wasn't gonna wear crocs and every day i would go to the crocs but i would not put them on like i would switch to a different shoe and crazy enough, that shit made me feel good inside. You know what I mean? Like, you find <laughs> these little ways to yeah. make yourself feel good yeah. and acknowledge yourself. Mm. Like, I'll I be waking up some mornings, I was like, damn, I'm not as fat as I thought I was. <laughs> like, That's a good like crazy enough, because, like, I'll be like, damn, boy, you got a, you got a nice body. You got to work on it. But, you know, the structure is there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, developing a little skincare routine. Like I feel like there's, for me, there's ways that I can pull myself out of these insecurities and kind of celebrate my image, despite you know having a negative view of it at times. Yeah, I like I, I for a long time I was getting in the pool with my shirt off. Nope, y'all gonna see all this. <laughs> y'all gonna see all this, cause <laughs> hey, we that's one of the things Somebody we talked like, about. <laughs> that's one of the things because that's that, that was a big thing for me for sure and i still haven't been in the pool forever so i don't i still don't know how i react with that like but no, I'm it's happy. uncomfortable every time every time i every time i get in the pool or show off my body in public it's uncomfortable yeah but fuck it like nobody cares mm. because they really don't <laughs> and like you, you you i mean like me you whoever you're really not as gross as you think you are mm. like, like at all. Obviously, Mike, you get girls. I get girls. Somebody like it. Somebody, somebody, it's something working. That's what's so weird about the whole manosphere shit of like women don't like ugly dudes unless they got money or whatever. Like, not saying we out here dying, but like we're not rich by any means. Yeah. Um, and from honestly, if there's any more proof, like me and you definitely be the, the template. I feel like women. Regular women love um, charisma and a personality more than anything. Like, bro, yeah, <laughs> a thousand percent. I thought, like, not saying looks don't matter at all, but like, like I said, I know I'm not the best looking dude in the world, but I know I do have a great personality and like I can talk to people. Like, I felt like the thing, same is definitely true for you, even when you're because you're not even like a public facing person like that. Like, you don't even do events and stuff like that. You don't really yeah. be out here outside of your personal circles. But like I've always known you, whenever you get in an environment with people that are just like cool, like you just adapt naturally. Like you start yeah. making niggas laugh and shit, uh, just saying silly shit, and just like relating to people very easily, and people just feel comfortable. Like, yeah, I think especially with the body thing too. Like, how do we get to this point with the whole like unrealistic beauty standards? Where like. Like you said, like we would, you would have even an ounce of hesitation to show off your like normal ass body at the pool. I think like one reason that we 
have these unrealistic beauty standards. And it's not just because of Instagram and shit. There is a quote unquote perfect, healthy, I, I would say actually healthy human being. You know, that that what we've been taught as a society, healthy has an image. Mm. It's not just about, you know, your your lifestyle. It has an image. Like it has a it has a 511. Maybe not even cut up, but just like, you know, 15% body fat image. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? And so like, even if you've, even if you've never, even if you don't see it on screen very much, like, you know what it looks like. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so we feel like we're failing our health by having like an unnatural body. So that kind of, it kind of just snowballs into, you know, us feeling shitty about ourselves. Oh, that's a great point because you're talking about how the diet and I want to read that book. Um, I would love to have her on the show because I know you felt a way about the name of the book. It's called um, it's a book called You Have a Right to Be- Remain Fat by Virgie Tawar, I believe is her name. Um, and she's talking about what you talk about, like how people conflated like health, like being in good health with um, beauty standards and diet um, culture. They put all, all all that in one big thing, and it basically made it out to be like if you don't like you said if you don't have the perfectly toned body, if your shit don't snap back right after pregnancy or whatever, like you're obviously unhealthy, yeah. and therefore you deserve to be ridiculed for how you look. Um, it's a really but like but like, but like even if as I recognize that like it's hard to disassociate one from the other. That's what I'm saying because it's so ingrained. You know I mean? Yeah, but like am I? But like, are we wrong? Like, I, I feel like, I feel like health should have a certain look to it, right? I don't think it's, it's what we've been presented. I think the problem is automatically associating big bodies with poor health. I think that's the issue. Yeah. Like, you can be perfectly healthy and have a bigger body. Because there's, and not only that, but like, people's bodies do not work the same way. So not everybody can be super skinny. There's niggas out here who can eat whatever they want. We talk, we talk, we joke, make fun of Jones all the time, even though he finally getting his hustle gut because he's getting older now. Like Jones <laughs> for the longest could eat whatever the fuck. Jones, I've never known Jones to be a healthy eater at all. This nigga's been skinny our entire <laughs> lives. Like, because his body just works like that. So I think that's the, the issue is, is we just assume we see a big person. Nigga, Spice Adams is the most flexible nigga I've ever seen on the internet. And this nigga, <laughs> he a hot 300 something. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's what the issue is. Um, I don't think there's a, a aesthetic to health, like a universal aesthetic to health. I don't think that exists, but we've trained ourselves and really we've been trained to believe that there is, and that's what the issue is. Yeah. Um, So like, how do you, I guess, cope with your insecurities, um, or try and, you know, pull yourself out of the rut when it comes about? I tell people all the time, well, therapy in itself is a hell of a drug, man. Like, therapy. <laughs> I've been going to therapy for years now. It's so wild. Because I remember the first day I started and I was nervous. And now I can't imagine life without it. Um, How long has it been? Dog, it's been mm-hmm. a hot about four years now. Oh, okay. Yeah, about four years now. At least. It might be longer than that. And I've been seeing different therapists. I've been seeing the same therapists and psychologists. 
um, uh, mostly black woman, but also a, a black man. So I get different perspectives. And uh, that's been the, I'd say that's a major, because not even so much about the insecurities themselves, as so much as like helping me just relax in myself and just be like, all right, this, you're a spirit with a body. This is the body you were given. Like, not only be thankful for that, but like just question like, you know, why were you given this particular body? Like what purpose were you, you know, created to serve with this particular body? And what advantages does it give you? And examine any disadvantages that you perceive. Like what are those, what are those about? And I think that combined with the fact that I just, I think making fun of myself has always been a coping me mechanism. Like, cause you know, that whole defense mechanism of if I make fun of me first, like you can't do it. Cause then it's just corny. Then. Yeah, the eight mile shit. <laughs> yeah. Like that's always been the technique, but now when I do it, like it's me laughing about how much I love myself, even the insecurity considered like, like, I don't feel the best about this thing, but it's me. And that's just a part of who I am. And y'all gonna remember that because y'all gonna remember me. And this is the whole, the totality of me. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think those things and, and more than anything, like I said, just like taking those moments in the mirror. Like, I, I love what you said about like looking at yourself in the mirror, taking mm -hmm. those moments, like the slowing down and just looking at, looking at yourself in the mirror, like butt ass naked, looking at your features, front and back like touching yourself um looking deeply into your own eyes like just sitting with yourself because one thing that did freak me out was i think when i turned like 30 i had looked in the mirror and didn't realize like i had like certain like dark spots like on my body or whatever mm -hmm. that i'd never seen before like ever and in that moment i had realized i never really looked at myself like honestly like that in like over a decade um even when I was a smaller like slimmer like I never really just looked at myself because I, I was always I was insecure about like you know about my chest or my teeth or whatever mm -hmm. um like just certain I, I was just like uh, and then if you watch if you're a nigga that watches porn you can be insecure about your dick size because unless your shit's out here knocking on trees that like, you can be looking at your shit like ah uh, I don't know if yeah. that's how I should look compared to other, like all <laughs> these things and so now like when you just look, sit and look at yourself and just be like, damn, that's a, it's a real nigga in the mirror right there. Like, that's a full, <laughs> real that's human a full being. grown man right there. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that's what it is. A full grown man like, uh, it just makes a difference. And I think it's something you take your time with if you struggle with it. I don't think you should do it all at one time because it can be overwhelming. But just little things, like you said, just like switching your shoes, like that little thing is like a whole revolutionary act in my opinion like just saying saying to yourself i feel bad let me not feel worse let me not feed into the the dark hole let me just do like yeah. one little thing to make myself feel better and the next thing you know you're gonna change the whole shit around and you don't even remember what you was feeling bad about before yeah yeah man i think all those things man it's yeah so how do you think like particularly as black man how do you think like we let our insecurities hold us back from just and, and, you know, in so many words, like living our best life, because, you know, mm. and not just our insecurities, but like this, this need to portray like masculinity, you know, as it's thought to be in this world. How, how, how do you think that holds us back? Because I feel like it does. To oh, myself. I think it does a thousand percent. Like I had watched this clip. You, you heard that at Love is Blind? Not Love is Blind. It's some some black love. I think it's called Black Love, actually. 
Um, is it like what is it? It's a reality show about black couples. You know, you know. Oh, okay. I never seen it. It was some clip I just saw where the nigga was talking about how he was one time he was um he was balling as nigga, but then he I guess he lost his job or whatever. He was falling mm-hmm. on hard luck. But he was always known for like being the provider of the family and in front of his girlfriend's friends and everything. And when I, they went out and well, she his girlfriend wanted to go out and with a bunch of her friends. And he was like, I ain't got no damn money. And she was like, let's just go out, let's just go out, let's just go out. And they went out and they bought a whole bunch of drinks, or whatever, for everybody. And she literally, he was like, Man, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I gotta, I can't let her pay for this shit, because that, you know, that's gonna make me look a fucking punk or whatever. And she literally <laughs> Cash out this nigga like four hundred dollars or something right before the bill came, so that he Ooh, uses. <laughs> Ooh, I'm about to tear you up, girl. <laughs> like I can't imagine it being that serious. The where you, I gotta, we gotta perform this hard. Um, stuff like that, bro. Stuff like we talked about. You the think it's a, you think that's like a performance? Like, oh, that's definitely. I feel like I feel like, or maybe it's like she recognize his insecurity about not being able to provide but i think that like especially like outwardly you know what i mean to other people but isn't that the performance of masculinity so towards other people like what does that do for you i guess like for for her it's like i recognize who you are and i'm gonna support who you are even the, you know, even the parts that may not actually be logical. But it's the, her thought process was, I got to make you look like the man, no matter what. Like the man plays a certain role. I have to do whatever I have to do to make sure you maintain that role to, you know, solidify your masculinity in front of everybody else, including ourselves. Even if it's some shit so trivial as, me giving you money so that you can appear to pay the bill. I feel like that's indicative. Like that act in itself isn't like doing a whole lot of harm, I guess, but it's indicative of what it takes for somebody to feel like they have to keep their masculinity intact in front of everybody. And I guess my question is, what if you just release that shit? Like that's because that's where I'm at now. Like, what if we just release these things that just mm-hmm. feel like niggas can't cry like they need to, they can't be uh, vulnerable like they need to. And more than anything, they, they can't experience love like they need to because this shit is like impacting their relationships with the woman that they say they want to be with. But they can't probably you can't be properly intimate with somebody when you're so hyper consumed with how your masculinity <laughs> is being presented every second of every day. I think those are the primary ways it hurts us. And I question like, what if you just let that shit go and just did whatever you let masculinity come out, have a way it's supposed to naturally come out out of you personally? I think we are too scared to let it go because that masculinity has defined us for so long. Like we, yeah. as as a whole, you know, I guess individuals are able to let it go, but as a whole, like it's, it's part of us. You know what I mean? Like it's a cornerstone of how we behave. For sure. So like, what's the advantage of losing a cornerstone of myself? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the, but see, that's what I say though. Like, People don't see the advantage because they don't see the other side. They don't see the freedom yeah. in the other side. Like I can say as someone who is extremely vulnerable in my relationships, especially with women, like when I can just say how I feel in my conversations and, and just not make it a whole thing and not have to hold back, 
like not only do most women appreciate that but like you just feel so much tension just release like it's almost like holding on to a secret like you know when you hold on to a secret that you know you need to tell somebody and um and you just refuse to do it because you don't know how they're gonna react but you know in your heart of hearts if you tell the secret like you will release this tension and should be it might be rough like the the releasing of it might be rough but you know the other side of it is going to be all right nigga i got that shit off my chest take it or leave it like i think that's what masculine hyper masculinity is anyway it's holding on to the secret like i don't want to say who i really am because i don't know how you're going to take it but like once you get to say once you get to be who you really are you're free and yeah some people might fall off along with that but did they really need to stick stick around after that in the first place yeah. yeah. Do you feel this is a little off topic, but do you feel like being an open book to your partner is a good thing or a bad thing? And I ask this because older people have always told me, you know, you got to keep a little secret, you know, like maybe not like no crazy. I got a whole nother family. I be cheating. <laughs> but, you know, like they always say, like, you got to keep some mystery about yourself. You can't tell your partner everything. Yeah, why? I don't know. I think like the the idea is like once your partner knows all of you, then it's just like oh, okay. Well, what do we do now? <laughs> and I think that's something I still carry too to this day. Like, you know, it's I'm sure some stuff I haven't told Taryn. Hmm. You know, it's not like I'm actively leaving it out, but you know, like you have a. You ever think about telling somebody something in the moment? And he's like, "No, nah, let, let me just keep that. Let me just keep that tucked away." I see both sides of it. I think um, I'll say this: I'm at the point now where I just I have to tell the truth all the time. That doesn't mean I just spill something out that I don't necessarily be conductive, you know, to our relationship. Mm-hmm. But like, I have to tell the truth all the time. If I can't tell the truth, then. I don't need to be in it. And that's probably why I am. I mean, I'm dating and stuff, but that's why I probably I'm not in a committed relationship now because I'd be telling the truth and niggas be like, oh, they don't, they don't fuck with it sometimes. And, it's, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't see any value in, but at the same time, like I said, I see the other side because sometimes when you do tell the truth, you know, you might rise something out of your partner that you know might be problematic or might be, incompatible even it might not even be a problem it might just be incompatibility and you got to be prepared for the repercussions of that and not everybody's prepared for that so yeah i see both sides uh, what about you i see both sides as well um it seems ridiculous to me yeah that like you can't expose your full self to your partner yeah but at the same time like <laughs> I can see why somebody might get bored. <laughs> like but there's you, nothing else to discover. It's almost like being in a relationship for like 50 something years. While that's great. They're just kind of like your friend at that point. And for, especially for younger people, like, is that what you really want out of your partner? But don't people change with time? Like don't people, I think, well, I think most people should evolve. I don't know if most people do evolve. But I think people do naturally kind of change with time. Well, look at Jay. This nigga's cussing all over the place. Right? <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Like, 
I'm sure his wife knew, thought she knew everything about this nigga. And he came home one day and was like, fuck it, man. Like, and she was like, that's the pearl. Like, fuck, 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 shit, fuck, shit. Yeah, like, like the I baby was going off. He was, bro, you got the least of it when you came in. Like, but then that the journey. Oh, like, really? Like, oh, this nigga was going crazy. Bro I, bro, I, bro, I thought he was doing a little performing. No, absolutely not. He, <laughs> Jay be saying vulgar stuff sometimes, though, without saying like actual vulgar stuff. Like, he just be, he's just a funny ass nigga, bro. Like, he just be saying off the wall shit. <laughs> and anyway, y'all don't know who Jay is. Y'all, hopefully, y'all get them on another episode. But yeah, the, isn't that part of the fun? Like, you just, you know about your partner, so you get to not only experiment with you with what you already know that they like, but also you get the journey of learning these new parts of themselves as time progresses, and they just become you know. The human being is a journey. I don't think the human being is a, like a dead end ever, which at least shouldn't be anyway. But the human being is always a journey. Yeah, I agree. So tell all your secrets to Taryn, and can't do that. The, let the cards fall where they may. Um, <laughs> Can't do that. I had one last question, unless you had something else, because I know we ran off. No, no, I'm good, brother. Um, so all this shit we said about, you know, performing masculinity, not necessarily there's always a bad thing, but just it's a performance, though. So it's there's pressure there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you see a future where masculinity is just not no longer future? Uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? Like, no longer useful, basically. Like, we just don't need masculinity niggas can just be whoever they are and just float through the world and live accordingly i guess like for me to answer that i would be like where did masculinity originate from like where did this bravado originate from you talking about in a western sense or yeah let's see let's just say in a western sense yeah i can definitely tell you like you know hegemonic masculinity definitely stemmed from like an image building thing um, which of course came from patriarchy where you wanted like this image of, you know, the, the all American, you know, usually white nigga with blue eyes or whatever, muscles and shit, uh, perfectly fit or whatever. Um, super heterosexual can get any woman he wants or whatever, or really back in the day, it was more so getting, about getting a wife and, you know, getting to start the family and passing your heritage down. Um, this is, this narrative building more than anything to put it short. And then it's morphed into more of that, but also less of that at the same time. And it's really shown itself to be as arbitrary as it was started out as. So that's why you can have these vastly different types of men who are all still men, but, or, you know, that's why you can have conversations of Chuck Norris is a real man, but also no one's questioning Prince's masculinity. Like, cause we all know this shit is made up at least subconsciously anyway. We don't know it factually, we know it subconsciously that shit is made yeah. up. So, yeah, it, it came from that. And you know my theory. Anything that's been created can be destroyed. So. Oh, yeah. I know how you feel. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I'm glad you brought up Prince because, like, if anybody showed you, masculinity could take on many different forms. Just right. that <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Um, but to, to your original question, which was uh, – do, do you feel like there's a day when masculinity will become essentially obsolete? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I think so many people are invested in the shit. <laughs> like, you know, it's hard to see. It's hard to see it. Mm. It's hard to see it happening. While I do think it's necessary, 
I don't know what that timeline looks like for it being dissolved. Um, the same way I feel about race. Mm. The more I think about race, the more this shit seems just dumb. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but like when you think about all the systems that uphold it. Yeah. These systems that are like literally a part of your life that you cannot escape from. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to ever see it going away. Mm. Like people's sense of protection comes from masculinity. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's just so many different things that that that's that stem off from it and that supported structure that it's just hard to see it going away. But the I was talking that- to uh, Okay. I was talking to uh my coworker and he said that it's really dumb. He said I he said I he said I really want us to get to a point in society where race just doesn't matter. And I was like, bro, <laughs> like bro, to get there, you gotta get rid of race. Yeah. And he was like, Well, I don't think you need to do that. I was like, Well, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> I was like, what? Let's stop right here. That's what niggas we kept. That's we kept <laughs> niggas up, bro. They don't know what to do. They just like, ah oh, man, this race shit is out of control. All right, let's get rid of race. Oh, 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 oh now, oh, now you're going too far. <laughs> How can you have race not matter and have race? Like, I don't get <laughs> you're putting value on it. I mean, you might not be putting value on one particular race, but you definitely put value on race. And oh, if you put value on race in itself, then yeah. you then, then somebody's winning, nigga. That's what I'm it be tripping niggas up, bro. I'm telling you, they don't know what to do. <laughs> they don't know what to do. Yeah, so I, I feel like the same is true for masculinity because once you get rid of masculinity, you got to get rid of femininity. And, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a, a whirlwind of things that'll collapse. But the irony of you saying, like, you feel like it's so solidified is Republicans out here acting like, like this is on the brink of destruction tomorrow. Like, if we don't act now all this shit is going to be thrown into a biz now. And I don't know how many of them actually believe that versus just scare tactics to maintain power. You, you, so you say Republicans are actively saying that masculinity is being attacked or? What was that? Like everything, everything traditional is being attacked and destroyed actively. And if we don't act now, like race, uh, gender, and which it was. Well, I mean, I mean to, to, to their point, like it is somewhat being attacked. And, and maybe like attack is the wrong word, but it's being, uh, I guess, destabilized. Yeah, but it's being interrogated for sure. But I'm saying, but they're like it's on the brink of destruction tomorrow. Is what I'm saying. Like they're they're literally, if you look at, well, I guess, well, I, I guess, motherfucker, if you 75 years old, you you would think. Like, <laughs> but you not even old niggas. This shit is toppling down. It's not even the old niggas. It's the young niggas too. Like when I say niggas, you know, I'm using it as a objective term. Is talking about yeah. white people. But like, <laughs> like young people too are saying like, oh, they want to take everything from us. They're taking our shit. And again, I just don't know. Cause we're all, you know, we're all subjugated under these systems, but I don't know how many of them actually know what they're doing versus actually thinking like masculinity is like, there's a reason like that's That's why the boys are so, you know, fun and popular because it's, it's, it's a great depiction of, like Republicans fear of masculinity, femininity, uh, religion, all these things being destructed just on the brink of destruction, like literally tomorrow, if we don't 
take over this shit. I think it's unfair for you to say Republicans because a lot of Democrats feel the same exact way. Um, and I have not ventured outside of the South much in my life. Mm-hmm. So I only know the South. But I would imagine that anybody invested in the societal norms that we have, you know, men not being gay, you know, women, you know, wanting, wanting to bear children, you know, all, all these things that, you know, are just norms to us. You would feel like, and, and whether you feel like it's right or wrong, way of life is changing. Yeah. You know, the thing, the, the way we view things is changing. I'm not really against trans people. I'm not really against gay people. But for me, shit's changing at somewhat of a rapid pace. Yeah. I'm okay with it, but, you know, I could see why, especially older people, people who are more invested in um, keeping things the same, I could see why they would be, you know, legit scared or whatever, you know, as somebody who doesn't really care, <laughs> it's very strange to see gay men on screen or gay men kissing or gay sexes, gay male sexes. Whoa. Oh, it's booming out here. Bro, and it's and it's very uncommon, at least in my circles in the South, yeah. to see trans people. Like I have one trans friend, and I know one, at least one other trans person. Um, and you know, like while I support their lifestyle, it is I'm not gonna say jarring, but I am. When I first see this person, I'm like, oh, that person is trans. I don't identify, I identify them as a person, but you know what I mean? Like, it's also like a white person. Like, oh man, that's my black friend. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where like, you're not used to something. Yeah. So it's awkward to you to to be in contact with it. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Nothing wrong with it, but I, I just, I do understand people feeling like their way of life is kind of uprooted as of late, especially like over these last 10 years. Oh, thousands. No, it's absolutely valid. <clears throat> it is. I'm just, I, well, I think the, 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 um, like you said, the kind of like the jarred feeling of like, Oh shit, what's going on. I think that's completely mm-hmm. valid because that is happening for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just the rhetoric around it that they build. And another reason I say Republicans is because I don't know Democrats to be doing scare tactics about it. I know that a lot of Democrats consider themselves like either liberals or centrists. And so they're like, yeah. any any like conservative views they have on it, it, it used to be like, you know, I want everybody to live their life and have a way they want. I'm just going to take the, you know, I'm going to take the little fence, whatever like that. I don't even know Republicans to be like, these fucking trans people got to go. I don't know. These blacks got to go. Like, I don't even know them to be doing that shit. But, um, but yeah, I think that feeling is valid. I mean, but like you could, but like you see like Democrats doing that shit against Republicans, right? Doing like, what? These, like these crazy left liberals. Like they do the same thing against Republicans. Like people who are trying to maintain the way of life that they're used to, you see liberals doing the same exact thing. 
I don't see them doing the same exact thing. No. And this is not, I'm not a Democrat, just for clarity's sake for y'all. Like I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a liberal, nothing like that. I don't see them getting down like the way Republicans be getting down. I see Republicans being like blatantly, sometimes blatantly racist, if nothing else, virtual signaling, racism, transphobia, all these things. I don't see Democrats doing that shit. No, definitely not. I still see them being on the fuck shit now. I'm not saying they don't be, you know, they still be on their fuck shit. But I don't see them just blatantly out here saying just wild ass shit. No. I mean, I would assume that like most of the people who work for PETA, the PETA supporters are liberal and they be throwing paint on niggas. <laughs> so like, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's one thing, you know, if you're killing, actively killing animals, I think that's one thing. Oh, here we go. That's not even, nigga, I'm not I, even defending nigga, I didn't kill the animal. The animal was dead before it got on me, baby. <laughs> Why you sound like the nigga wearing this shit, actually? <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to talk like Dave. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I think people are crazy on both sides. Now, Republicans are a little bit more overt, overt with their shit sometimes. For sure. But I think that's because sure. that's what gets publicized by, oh boy, I hate to say it. I hate to be on Donald Trump's side, but you know, like a lot of social media, CNN, all that shit's pretty much liberal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it pays for them to be liberal. I agree with that. But also like Republicans are historically, I don't know how much is going on to focus on, son. Um, Historically, because you're ugly, but I don't want to feed in the. Be, we just had this progressive ass conversation, and you just reverted the whole shit back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know, I'll fix it later. I think that it's. Just... <laughs> I don't know what happened. My autofocus, this shit just turned off. Well, what if I turn it off and turn back on? All right, let's see. There we go. <laughs> hey, classic IT. Right. Um, <laughs> I think historically, you know. Republicans, Republicans and self-proclaimed conservatives are more invested in conservatism, which is conserving, you know, racist histories uh, and you know, homophobic histories and stuff like that. So they can't be more public. That's why Republicans can really literally run off of anti-CRT rhetoric. Like they can just say blatantly, don't teach our kids about slavery. They can say that easily and have no problems at all. Like I don't see Democrats doing shit like that. Uh, again, like I said, it's I do believe, yes, there's irrational people on both sides, but I feel like historically speaking, sniggers like Bill O'Reilly talking crazy and fucking AOC talking crazy is two different shits, completely, in my opinion. Is it because you support? <laughs> because you're liberal yourself? I'm not liberal. I don't even fuck with AOC like that. Like, this nigga had... I don't either. I don't either. Whole, isn't she a billionaire? I don't think she's a billionaire. She a millionaire she's at the very billion. least. Um, she's a bitch. The whole <laughs> a whole millionaire wearing a dress at the Met Gala saying "Eat the rich," like nigga, get out of my face! Like, what are you talking about? Like, you are the rich. <laughs> um. So anyway, but yeah, to the question, I appreciate your answer. Um, I do think we will get to a point, just like a lot of things, like we just like, no longer find it useful. Um, and this has historically happens all the time. Like, this shit that we used to do back in the day that we just know was fucking foolish. And we just threw the shit away. Like, I think the same thing can be happening with this. Like, I think we'll definitely get to a future where it's like, why are we, like, we'll be reading history books where it's like, niggas is out here calling themselves high value men and doing what? Like, 
I think we'll look back on that and just be think that shit's goofy as fuck. And move we on. We probably will. <laughs> you we know? probably will. So, yeah, man, this is a good talk. We can talk about this. This is how the conversation will be happening, man. We can talk about this all. This right. is why we're taking it so long. Like, all this shit is organic, y'all. We don't be planning this shit out. Like, we really just be trying to have real conversations. Um, so, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Do you want to shout out your thirst real quick? Ooh, thirst of the week. Now, I'm going to let y'all know now. I was going to go with Her Holiness Beyonce. Oh, my God. But Mike told me I couldn't do that. That shit was too easy. Fucking cop out. So, we are going to do... Ah, we go. All right. We are going to do Miss Fouché. Oh, Lord. Who's that? Miss Fouché is an R&B artist. I don't even know if I would really consider her R&B because she has some... I don't... It's not... I, I'm going to say alternative artist. Okay. She's an alternative artist. Um, I found out about her because she was on Vince Staples album, Take Me Home. She was she was on the song Take Me Home off of Vince Staples. Oh nice. Take Me Home was my favorite song on the fucking album. Huh? No, this is off of uh, Vince Staples. Oh, it's off of the album Vince Staples. Oh, I remember that song. Okay, I know someone now. Yeah, it's my favorite song on the album. Nice. But um She's incredibly dope. She just had a song. She just had a, a feature. Uh, it was her and Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey's a dope ass artist too. Yeah, he don't get enough credit. He doesn't. Um. So yeah, that's her and Steve Lacey. Um. She just recently had a single drop. Uh, I'm fine. Dope. Check it out. Like she's she's fucking amazing, and she does not get the credit she deserves. Wow. Um. Yeah, she's super cute. She got this little button nose. It's, it's, it's cheeky. There's no button, though. So, yeah, man, check her out. Um, she's got uh, this really dope song called Deep End. Um, and it also has a freestyle with it. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, very good artist. Check her out. Fouché Live, F O U S H E E L I V E on Instagram. Uh, you know, she got her little link. You know, it ain't no OnlyFans like on here, like y'all want, but. Right? What was looking for? The link broken. Why is the link not? Oh, there we go. Yeah, it's just a link to her uh, new single, I'm Fine. Um, check it out, man. Dope-ass artist. She needs more people following her. Absolutely. So, there it is. Very good, man. Very beautiful. Very good. Shout out to her. Shout out to y'all for checking us out for another episode. Um, as long as the topics and the conversation keeps flowing, <laughs> we're going to try to say as consistent as possible. But regardless, we know we love y'all. Uh, please, Absolutely. yeah, please, please, please like, share, comment, all those things. We really appreciate y'all just chiming in. Next, we posted still commenting on videos from like way back in the day. So I really just appreciate <laughs> y'all just taking the time to check us out. Um, yeah, man, we're gonna keep doing the damn thing, man. So love y'all. Shout out to Will. Love that guy too. Sometimes, not all the time. Um, Shout yeah. out to Mike. He's okay. <laughs> Catch y'all next time, man. Hold it down.